Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to our weekly Expect a Miracle podcast. I'm so glad you could join me today. And if you saw the last podcast or you listened to the last podcast and you have had a miracle healing, share your testimony with me. Go to uh, richardroberts.org and share your testimony or call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777. In case you have not heard, I am uh, preparing now to break ground for a brand new building here in Tulsa, the new Global Ministry Center. We're going to be able to bring everything under one roof. We are expanding exponentially. We are out of space. And I am so thrilled to have this opportunity to build this new Global Ministry Center. We'll be moving dirt in the next few weeks. Uh, here in the Tulsa area, we, we've uh, paid uh, on a, we paid a, uh, I say bought a piece of land. We paid cash for it just a little bit south of Tulsa, not more than about 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes from where I am right now. And it's even closer to my home. And uh, we're very excited about it. We're going to build this 25,000 square foot global ministry center, which is going to take care of all of our needs concerning technology around the world for all the pastor's works, what we're doing. So thank God for that. And I've been giving people an opportunity to sow into it. And when you sow into it, you're really sowing into your own future. Because every time you sow, you have a Bible right to expect God to use your gift for His glory and then multiply it back to you. So uh, the Lord the Lord bless you and thank you for helping me with this project. Uh, more information is online as well as uh, on our television programs. Uh, I was thinking the other night and uh, studying and the Lord gave me this thought, your story is not through. Your story is not through. And I'm here to tell you, don't be discouraged. Your story is not through. God is going to take care of it. It's going to work out all right. You say, well, Richard, it doesn't look that way. Well, I've faced many times in my life when it didn't look that way. Circumstances can be deceiving. God has not fallen off the throne. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I am believing for miracles in your life. Your story is not yet through. Just look at the life of Elijah. It looked like his story was through. Here he was standing in front of King Ahab and his wicked wife, Jezebel, who had gone away from the precepts and concepts of God. They had torn down the altars of Israel. They had worshiped false gods, a, a false god by the name of Baal, a descendant of Satan himself. <laughs> it looked like it was over for him. He said, it's not going to rain. There'll be no dew on the earth and no rain until I say so. And then he had to run for his life. <laughs> he said this word that he, he had to flee. And God protected him as he fled, sent him down to a little, little brook called Cherith. Now, in Hebrew, it's Kareth. We say Cherith in English, but in Hebrew, it's Kareth. And uh, it, it is a tributary. It's a tributary to the Jordan River, and it was what was called in those days a wadi, W-A-D-I, a wadi, which is an intermittent seasonal stream, which is mentioned in the Bible, a tributary to the Jordan River. Now, here's this preacher. <laughs> he has appeared to run from his calling. He's hiding out by a little brook. He's drinking water from the brook, and God has caused ravens, scavenger birds 
to bring him food. Now, if you, if you know anything about scavenger birds, if you know anything about ravens or crows, they don't bring food to people. You often see them uh, digging at uh, carcasses on the side of the highway, you know, and you see these blackbirds that go flying off when you drive, get near them, you know. Those are crows or, or the raven family. You know, they're ravens, they're cousins, we might say, you know, relatives. Um, he's being fed by ravens. Now, how likely is that? And the brook dried up. Well, it was a seasonal thing. And the birds stopped coming. What's he going to do? He's out there all by himself. He's not preaching to anybody. He doesn't have any ministry out there. He's alone. God speaks to him and says, go to the little town of Zarephath. Why, God, why would you send me to Zarephath? There's nothing there but famine. There's famine in the land. It's been almost three years now. You know, No rain, no dew, no crops, no nothing. You talk about a bad economy. So he goes to Zarephath and God says to him, I have commanded a widow. A widow to sustain you in the middle of a famine, a widow. How is a widow going to sustain this prophet, this man of God in the middle of a famine? So he finds this widow. Well, she is preparing her last meal. She and her boy are going to eat it and they're going to die. And Elijah says something to her that CNN would have covered in a really, really negative way. He said, that's fine, but give me the first portion. Now, does that sound like a hungry, something in it for himself, preacher? Give me the first portion. CNN would have had a field day with that. Preacher steals widow's last meal. Don't miss this. Elijah was not trying to get something from her. He was trying to get something to her. Give me the first portion of this last meal. For thus saith the Lord, Your meal barrel will not diminish, neither shall your cruse of oil fail. Now what's she going to do? Is she going to disregard what the prophet said and eat the last meal and die by her own self-prophecy? Her son too? Or is she going to heed the voice of the Lord through this prophet. Make her supper and give him the first portion. Is she going to plant a gift into his ministry and life to sustain him so God can sustain her or is she going to take it all to herself and die? You know, when tough times come and we're in a tough time right now in America, our economy has gone to hell in a handbasket. Gas prices are on the rise again with what's happened in the Middle East <laughs> and the, the, the holding back of two million barrels of oil a day. You and the heating oil crisis that looks like it's coming, especially in the Northeast where it gets so cold this winter. And they're talking about it all day on the news today and, and the, the inflation at the highest level in 40 years and the crisis at our borders and the crime which is in exponentially uh, going crazy and people saying we got to defund the police. I mean, how crazy can you get? You talk about a crazy world. Well, this is the kind of world that Elijah lived in. This is not anything new. All hell broke loose in his day. But he said, 
if you'll do what the Lord says, he'll sustain me and he'll sustain you. And she said, I'll do it. She cooked that meal and she gave him the first portion. And the Bible says, every time they got hungry, and she would go to that meal barrel and that cruise of oil, there was enough for one more meal. It's estimated she cooked hundreds of meals out of a meal barrel that looked like it was empty and a cruise of oil that looked like it was empty. Now, how did that happen? It happened because God has supernatural power. But you've got to believe. It still looked like it was over for Elijah because the famine was still raging. He was in this little town, little one-horse town, uh, city limit signs back to back. Have you been to a town like that? When you drive, if you blink, you miss the whole town. Well, that was Seraphith. The water's dried up. The ravens stopped coming. He's in this little town now. He's got nothing. He's getting a little tiny bit of food. God says, now go back to town. I've got another job for you to do. Just about the time you think it's over, if you listen, God will speak to you and he'll send you somewhere else. He got back to town and God spoke to him. He said, tell King Ahab, gather up your 450 prophets of Baal, all these satanic priests and worshipers. We hear a lot about Satanism today. Well, <laughs> that's one of the places where it started. Gather them up. and Let's have a contest. You 450 prophets of Baal, you take a bull and you kill it. I'll take a bull and I'll kill it. And uh, we'll sacrifice him to our gods. You to your false god, me to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Well, those 450 prophets took their bull and they killed it and they began to dance and sing and call their 1-900 numbers and do all the incantations and cut themselves with knives and gush, blood gushing and all the things that they did and are still doing today. No, the devil doesn't have any new tricks. Well, along about evening, you know, Elijah started poking fun at him. Well, is your God asleep? Is he taking a nap? Is he on vacation? <laughs> Finally, around evening time, he said, step aside, boys, and let me show you the real truth. And he had them dig a trench around his sacrifice and said, fill it with water. And they did. Fill it again. And they did. Fill it again. And they did until the water spilled over. He wanted to make sure they knew that God was God. He looked up to heaven and said, Now, God, let the whole world know that you are the God of heaven and earth. And suddenly, fire, lightning streaked down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. And the prophets of Baal said, Holy God, he is God. He is the real God. Elijah did something you can't do today. He took his sword to all 450 of them. He wiped them out. looked like the story was over. And Elijah went back to Ahab and said, now get yourself up and get prepared. I see the abundance of rain. And he rebuilt the altars that Ahab had torn down. He took his aid and went up to the highest point of the mountain. He said, I'm going to pray. And I want you to go to the edge of the cliff and look over the Mediterranean Sea. And tell me when you see clouds. Elijah began to pray. His servant went one time, no clouds. 
Two times, no clouds. Elijah kept praying. Three times, no clouds. Four times, no clouds. Five times, six times. And on the seventh time, his aide said, Master, I see a little cloud coming out of, out of the sea. It's in the shape of a man's hand. Elijah said, I see the abundance of rain. Get word to King Ahab. Tell him to get in his chariot. Go back to the city so his chariot wheels don't get stuck in the mud. And that little tiny cloud, the shape of a man's hand, began to grow bigger and bigger until it became a mighty cumulonimbus thunderhead. And the rain and the wind came. And meanwhile, Elijah, the Bible says, took up the front edge of his robe and began to run. And the Bible says he outran Ahab's chariot. You see, it looked like his story was over. But God is not finished until he's finished. Now, it may look like it's over for you. You say, well, Richard, I'm, I'm too old. I'm uh, in the condition I'm in. Uh, I don't have the influence I once had. I don't have the job I once had. I, I don't have this. I don't have that. We, we all make excuses. But your story is not over. If you're breathing, God is not yet through with you. I'm sure it looked like to Moses it was over. Here he had killed an Egyptian, buried his body in the sand, and had to run for his life for 40 years. The day came when he saw a bush that was on fire, but it was not consumed by the flames. And God spoke to him and said, Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. I've not forgotten about you, Moses. Nor have I forgotten the cry of my people in Egypt after 400 years of slavery, two and a half million people in slavery in Egypt. Moses, I'm calling on you to go down and deliver my people. I'm sure Moses thought his story was through, but it wasn't. It was Moses who delivered two and a half million Israelites out of Egyptian bondage to the Red Sea to the Jordan River, to the Promised Land. You say, well, Richard, it just doesn't look that way for me. Well, if you're going to accept that, I, I can't change your mind. But if you use your faith, the faith that you were born with, God will show you that your story is not over. So many times in my life, it looked like my story was over. But it wasn't. And look now what God is doing through me and through this ministry. How I praise God. My story is not over. Now you can take that road over there and say it's over. And you can fold up your tent and go away. Or you can say, no, God, I'm going one more time. You know, people say, well, I'm just too old. Well, Moses' ministry began when he was 80. <clears throat> I'm just 73. <laughs> I got many more miles to go, many more souls to win to Christ, many more pastors to touch, many more healing prayers to be prayed. And I'm glad to share this with you because your story is not over. And it's only over if you quit. Any old coward can quit. Any old dead fish can float downstream. 
but it takes a live fish to swim upstream. And I'm not going to be a dead old smelly fish. I'm going to be a live fish swimming upstream in the name of the Lord. And I pray over you today. I pray for God to touch you in every area of your life, not to retire you, but to refire you in every area of your life. I speak peace. I speak healing. I speak hope. And I speak life into you in Jesus' mighty name. Let somebody know about this podcast. Tell them I'm on each week and it's a blessing. God bless you. I'll see you next time right here from the Expect a Miracle podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expect a Miracle. We hope you will share it with your friends and we want to give you a free resource this week to help you focus on the positive. Download your free copy of 10 Positive Declarations today. Start declaring who God says you are today and expect a miracle.